Last time, we talked about the tragic and horrific murders unleashed by the Manson family at 10,050 Cielo Drive on August 9th, 1969. If you haven't listened to episode one, I recommend starting there. Did you know that the Manson family unleashed another night of terror? The victims of Cielo Drive often overshadow the victims on the following night. On August 10th, 1969, a couple returning home from a family vacation met a gruesome end in their 1920s Spanish-style bungalow in the Los Feliz section of Los Angeles, California. Welcome to Nightmare Houses. The original owner of 3301 Waverly Drive was Herman A. Mankey. Mankey was born on November 6, 1867 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the son of German immigrants. He married his first wife, Louise Zimmer, on May 10, 1891. The couple had two children. Louise died on January 25, 1907 at age 38 while the family still lived in Milwaukee. In June 1909, he married his second wife, Anna Court. Minky, a salesman, and his new wife relocated to Los Angeles, California. First, they lived on Valencia Street in 1912, then North New Hampshire Street in 1914. It appears the second Mrs. Minky liked to entertain and frequently had guests over. Minky drafted permits for a home at 3301 Waverly Drive in November 1921 in Los Feliz. Completed in 1922 was the six-room, one-story stucco house with Spanish tile roofing. He lived there with his wife and brother-in-law, Edward Court, and his nephew, Edward's son, Burton. Mankey and the family would live there for the rest of the 1920s. In 1922, the first year he lived at the residence, Mankey reported to the local papers the struggle of living on his street when it rained. He complained of the waist-deep mud to get to his home. He appealed to the Los Angeles City Council for needed road and updated water improvements. In 1928, Minky found himself in a bizarre attempted kidnapping case when he found three young men trying to kidnap an unconscious woman while on his way to work at 7 a.m. He thought there was trouble, and when he offered assistance, one of the men told him to beat it before loading the unconscious woman into a car. Minky reported the event, and police arrested the men shortly after. By 1932, Minky was no longer living at the residence. It's unclear what became of him after leaving 3301 Waverly Drive, but he died in 1944. He likely lost his house due to the Great Depression in the 1930s. 3301 Waverly Drive became a rental property between 1932 and 1939, when the estate sold in 1940 to Antonio Bianca, a butcher and an Italian immigrant, and his family. La Bianca came to the United States in 1911 at age 19 and settled in Los Angeles. La Bianca and his wife, Corinne, moved into the residence in 1940. The couple had three children, 
daughters Stella and Emma, and son Pascale Lino Labianca. Labianca Sr. started a grocery business, Gateway Ranch Markets, and State Wholesale Grocery Company, eventually becoming the largest wholesale grocery business in Southern California. In 1942, Lino started working at State Wholesale as a college student. After graduation, Lino enrolled in Los Angeles City College, studied business administration, and began working for State Wholesale Grocery Company. After one semester at Los Angeles City College, Lino transferred to the University of Southern California and went to work at Gateway Ranch Markets. In November 1943, Lino joined the Army. The following month, he and his high school sweetheart Alice became engaged, and they were married in March 1944. In September, LaBianca was ordered to Europe to serve in World War II. He returned home in March 1946. Lino and Alice had three children, and things seemed to be going well for the family. In 1951, Lino was elected to the board of directors and was named vice president of Gateway Markets and State Wholesale Grocery Company. That same year, his father, Tony, died making Lino the president of both grocery companies. He then moved his family into the house on Waverly Drive. But by 1955, Lino and Alice began to grow apart and separated in January. Both moved out of the Waverly Drive house and found apartments in the Los Feliz area. Alice and Lino officially divorced in 1955. During this time, Lino sold state wholesale and expanded gateway markets. In 1959, Labianca met Rosemary while she was working as a waitress at the Los Feliz Inn. Rosemary was born in Arizona in 1925. Her birth name was Ruth Catherine Elliott. When her parents divorced, her mother took her and her brother William to live with her and her father took her two older sisters. Sadly, her mother was not able to support her two children and eventually placed them into an adoption home. Ruth and her brother were separated at the adoption home when Ruth, aged eight, was adopted by the Harmon family, a California couple from Fullerton. They had lost their own daughter to a disease. The Harmons renamed her after their deceased daughter and Ruth became Rosemary. Eventually, she met a man named Frank Struthers, and the couple married in 1953. They had two children, Suzanne and Frank Jr. Rosemary and Frank divorced three years later in 1956. Rosemary began working as a waitress and met Lino in 1959. The two fell in love and were married by 1960 in Carmel, California. At that time, Lino had begun living out his dream of breeding and racing thoroughbred horses and began distancing himself from the grocery business. In 1967, Rosemary and a partner began a successful, high-end woman's clothier called Boutique Carriage. The couple bought a home in Los Feliz, but sold it in 1968. That same year, Lino bought the Waverly Drive home from his mother and settled in with Rosemary and her son, Frank. In the summer of 1969, 
several odd occurrences frightened the LaBiancas. The couple noticed items from their home were missing and other odd things. For example, their dogs were outside the house when they were supposed to be inside. Later, police learned that Manson and his family members had creepy crawled several houses in the area while residents were away. On August 9, 1969, the LaBiancas and Rosemary's daughter, Susan, drive to Lake Isabella to pick up Rosemary's 15-year-old son, Frank, who was spending a week vacationing with a friend. Lino drove up to the lake and dropped off his boat for the boys to use earlier in the week. Frank was having such a good time that the LaBiancas decided to let him stay another day and return to Los Angeles with his friend's family. At around 9 p.m., Lino, Rosemary, and Suzanne left Lake Isabella and headed back to Los Angeles. They arrived home later that evening. After dropping off Suzanne at her Los Feliz apartment, Rosemary and Lino stopped at a newsstand on the corner of Hillhurst and Franklin Streets. Lino, a regular customer, was recognized by the newsstand owner, John Fokianos, who readied a copy of the Los Angeles Herald Examiner, Sunday edition, and a racing form. Fokianos and Lino briefly discussed the Tate murders, which had occurred the previous night. Talk of the recent murders reportedly disturbed Rosemary. Fokinos was the last person to see the LaBiancas alive. After returning home, Rosemary retired to the bedroom while Lino fell asleep in the living room while reading the sports page. Charles Manson, the cult leader of the Manson family, orchestrated the murders for the sake of helter-skelter, a race war. Displeased with the previous night's messy events at the Tate residence, Manson insisted on accompanying the next helter-skelter mission, which he scheduled for August 10th. The four family members who had participated in the Tate murders, Charles Tex Watson, Susan Adkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Linda Kasabian, were again summoned by Manson, and this time Leslie Van Houten. Manson ordered Kasabian to cruise the neighborhoods of Los Angeles in search of potential victims before settling on the home of the LaBiancas. Manson had a previous connection to Waverly Drive. In March 1968, Manson and other family members had attended a party at the home of Harold True. True lived at 3267 Waverly Drive, next door to 3301 Waverly the LaBiancas house. On August 10th, 1969, Manson family members entered the LaBianca house in the early morning hours. Manson and Watson awoke a sleeping Lino LaBianca on the couch of his living room at gunpoint. Lino was assured by Manson and Watson that he would not be hurt and that they only intended to rob him. Manson removed a leather thong from his neck and had Watson use it to tie up Lino's hands. They asked Lino if anyone else was in the house. He told Manson and Watson that his wife was in the bedroom. Manson went to the bedroom and awoke Rosemary. He allowed her to put a dress on over her nightgown before leading her into the living room where Watson had tied Lino up. Manson and Watson reassured the couple that they wouldn't be hurt and that they were only there to rob them. 
After collecting all the cash in the house, Manson ordered Watson to take Rosemary back to her bedroom, where Watson placed a pillowcase over her head, wound a lamp cord around her head, and gagged her with the lamp cord. He told her to stay quiet and to remain in the room. Watson returned to the living room, and Manson then left the house. Leslie Van Houten and Patricia Krenwinkel entered the residence within a few minutes, and Watson instructed them to go to the bedroom. Watson then began stabbing Lino repeatedly, only stopping for a moment when Lino screamed, Stop stabbing me! Rosemary, hearing her husband screaming, began screaming and flailing around the room, still blinded by the pillowcase on her head. Krenwinkel and Van Houten called for Watson for help. Watson left the badly bleeding Lino in the living room and entered the bedroom to find Rosemary swinging the lamp still attached to the cord used to gag her. Tex lunged forward and stabbed her until she fell to the floor. Watson, Krenwinkel, and Van Houten stabbed Rosemary 41 times when the stabbing ended. When Watson returned to the living room, Lino was still alive and he resumed the stabbing. After Watson finished stabbing Lino, one of the family members carved the word WAR into Lino's stomach. Krenwinkel then stabbed him several times and left a carving fork protruding from his stomach and a steak knife from his throat. The girls then wrote messages in Lino's blood. Death to pigs and rise were written on the living room wall and the words Helter Skelter misspelled as Heelter Skelter, was written on the refrigerator door. After the murders, the family members remained at the house. Some ate food from the LaBianca's refrigerator, played with the couple's dogs, showered, and had an orgy before hitchhiking back to the Spawn Ranch. The following evening, Rosemary's son Frank returned from Lake Isabella and was dropped off at the house on Waverly Drive. However, he became concerned when he noticed all of the shades in the windows were drawn, and neither his mother nor his stepfather answered the front door. He called his older sister Suzanne from a payphone at a nearby hamburger stand, expressing his concern. Suzanne and her boyfriend picked up Frank at the hamburger stand, and the three became further worried when they saw Lino's boat parked on the street instead of the driveway. They felt this out of Lino's character, and they gained entry to the house through a side door. Inside the kitchen, they saw the misspelled phrase, Helter Skelter, written in blood on the front of the refrigerator. Suzanne remained in the kitchen while her boyfriend and Frank went into the living room. There, they found Lino, bound, gagged, and stabbed to death. They immediately fled the house and called the police from a neighbor's home. Police officers responding to the call entered the house and subsequently discovered Rosemary LaBianca, also stabbed in the main bedroom. While the police admitted they had no suspects in the Bel Air massacre, there were two more murders 15 miles away in the Silver Lake section of Los Angeles. Market owner Leo LaBianca and his wife Rosemary were found by their children stabbed and mutilated. The word war was carved into LaBianca's chest and death to pigs was smeared in the blood of one of the victims. The word pig had been scrawled in blood on the door of the Bel Air mansion, where actress Sharon Tate and four others were slain, 
but police said despite the similarities, they do not believe the crimes are linked. The police did not connect the Tate and LaBianca murders to the Manson family for over three months. Lino LaBianca was 54 and buried in Los Angeles, California on Sunday, August 16, 1969. Rosemary LaBianca was cremated the same day. After the murders, Suzanne and her boyfriend Joe quickly cleaned out the house. They got rid of Lino's belongings, refusing to deal with his family. She threatened them during a phone call. Suzanne turned to anger in her grief. Lino had made arrangements for Suzanne and Frank to receive part of his life insurance, $20,000 each. But there is animosity between the step-siblings. The battle over the estate went on for years. By 1973, 3301 Waverly Drive was for sale, and again in 1977. That same year, the address changed to 3311 Waverly Drive. Since then, it has been on the market several times, owned as a private single-family residence. The bathroom appears to be unchanged since the 1960s. In 2019, Zach Baggins of the TV series Ghost Adventures purchased the house for over $1.8 million. It was unclear if he intended to use the house in a project or not, but he later sold it just a short time later in 2021. Baggins claims he sold the property out of respect for the remaining members of the LaBianca family, but perhaps the house just wasn't haunted enough for him. In 1987, Suzanne Struthers LaBarge began visiting Charles Tex Watson in prison. LaBarge, Rosemary LaBianca's daughter, attended Watson's 1990 parole hearing, telling the parole board that he was a new man, no longer dangerous, and that he should be released because of Watson's newfound Christianity. Sharon Tate's mother, Doris Tate, and other members of the LaBianca family made it clear that Suzanne was not speaking for the rest of the victim's families. Watson has been denied parole 13 times and remains in a California prison. Van Houten has been denied parole 19 times and remains in the California Institution for Women in Chino, California. Today, the house still exists as an early 1920s Spanish-style, one-story, single-family residence in the Los Feliz section of Los Angeles. It is privately owned. The exterior looks very much the same as when it was originally built. It started as Herman Menke's dream home. He built it for himself and his second wife and her family, but they only lived there for about a decade before losing the property. It was next lived in and loved by an Italian immigrant who worked his way to success. In the last episode, we discussed the root cause of these horrific murders, Charles Manson, and his idea of starting Helter Skelter, a race war. The LaBianca murders often get overshadowed by the murders on Cielo Drive the previous night, but the terror they suffered was no less horrific. No one deserved to suffer the nightmare Charles Manson and his family members unleashed. Lino and Rosemary died where they're supposed to feel the safest, in their own home. No matter who lives there now, it will always be the LaBianca house and the place he and his wife gruesomely lost their lives. 
Thank you for listening to Nightmare Houses. For more information, including photos, references, credits, and more, please visit nightmarehouses.com. Until next time, goodbye.